Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's live edition of Calvary Live. Unless you heard Encore at the beginning of the program, you are listening to a live broadcast. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Or you can always text me. Uh, I will use the text messages to fill in time if we don't have any phone calls. 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. That's a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week prayer line as well. It's reserved for this, you know, these this one hour for this show. Monday through Friday, but it is available 24-7. You want to shoot us a prayer request, uh, we'll pray over it and send it off to our prayer team here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Again, give me a call, 303-690-3000, and text me, 720-336-0897. Had a great time in God's Word last night in our uh, midweek Bible study. Uh, We're studying through verse-by-verse in the book of 1 Peter. And last night was a big one because Peter uh, was uh, very clear. He couldn't, the Holy Spirit couldn't be clearer in this world of uh, cancer, cancel culture and uh, everybody's got an opinion and so many attitudes and difficulties with uh, the way things are han- being handled in our country, even others. This is what the Bible says. Therefore, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to king is supreme, or to governors, or to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do good. Because this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not losing your, using your liberty as a cloak for vice, as bondservants of God, honor people, Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. That was our study last night. It's not a popular one. I know that uh, the, the reality of, of submitting to every ordinance is not popular. As a matter of fact, there's a whole segment of, the, segment of the church today not doing that and just fighting, fighting, fighting. We're known as such angry, frustrated people in the world today, and, and it the the reality is we don't need the cancer culture cancel culture or anything like the church is doing a good enough job being upset and mad all the time and uh this is where often i can be personally just me personally i could be misunderstood as if i don't love our country or i don't love the constitution or whatever but that's not the point that that is not the point the point is how do we live life in a difficult world how do we live when we're being persecuted? How do we live when that's the question? Or what Paul, I, uh, maybe it was Peter, he said, what manner of persons ought we to be? Um, 
And, you know, the, the reality is he's, when it says, don't let your freedom be used as a cloak for vile uh, or for wickedness, um, you know, the word is, it means evil habits of the mind. It means uh, that we don't live in such a way that um, we use freedom as an excuse for our sinful behaviors. So good stuff. I mean, it was a great study. Get it on our app. Um, get it, you know, you should have our app by now. You should download it, turn on notifications. Uh, we communicate at least once or twice a day via the app just to encourage in the morning and maybe a study, maybe another encouragement, maybe a reminder of ministry. And if, when you download our app, you can connect with each of our ministries, our marriage ministry, or uh, we, we will use uh, the notifications to get information out. Uh, and uh, we would love for you to connect with us and join with us and, and watch and listen online. So go to your app store, whatever you use, and just put in the name Ed Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. The app will pop up. Only one should pop up. Download it. It's free. When it asks you to turn on notifications, say yes, 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 yes. And let's connect. And right there on the home page, Matt was able to put a little thing. It says recent messages. So you just click that. And the last 10 or so messages that we've taught are available there. Very easy. Otherwise, everything else is organized uh, and cataloged on our app and on our website. All right, let's go right to the phones. Line one, Mike is in Eaton, Colorado. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Ed. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. How are you, man? Good. Hey, um, I think I found an easier way to simplify this question. Do you okay. think... Um, I met a gal that's a Jehovah Witness. I mean, not like that. I'm married, but we just I ran into her and we had a discussion. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you think they're saved? Because... I talked to her quite a bit about how what I believe being saved is, you know, repenting, being born again, and having that relationship with Christ, like today here on earth. And theirs was totally different. But when I explained that to her, she was so happy that I thought that way, and like she agreed with all of that. But yet they don't believe Jesus is the Son of God. And like she didn't even believe she was going to heaven when she died. She thought, I'll just go to sleep and then. You know, there'll be people that reign over us later, and I'll be awakened later or whatever. And I'm like, are those people actually saved, do you think? Or do we need to talk to Jehovah's Witnesses? Or That's a great what? question. I, I, I think we start with, what is the definition of someone that's saved? And if we start there, then we can start addressing any group that exists on the planet. And the definition of a person that is born again is a person that has met the real Jesus— uh, described for us in the scriptures, the accepted authoritative book uh, that we know is the Bible. It's what we commonly call it. We could call it the scriptures. And a person that has repented of their sins uh, and received uh, the free gift of salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. And I think that's a very simpl simplified answer to who can be saved and who is saved. So then we can apply that to say, well, who does that woman believe in? And if she accepts the teachings of the Jehovah Witnesses, if that's the the place that she, if that's the group that she trusts to teach her, then our we have to conclude that no, she's not born again because that in a very base level, with besides all their all their weird doctrines and teachings yeah. and things that don't line up with the Bible, the most important one is that they don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible, uh, and that that's that's it. That, that is the essential. They do not believe uh, in the um, 
Jesus of the Bible. So anyone that doesn't believe in the Jesus of the Bible cannot be saved. Okay. So why do you think, like, honestly, like, they act like better Christians than a lot of the Christians I know, per se. So, and they say they, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess they do it for God, they say, but it's like, I don't know, it's weird. Why do they do all that then? Like, I mean, we try to remember, resemble Jesus Christ, and that's what she says they do. They do what they do because Jesus told them to do it. So it's like they believe in Jesus, they just don't believe he's the Son of God. Well, it's even worse that they don't believe he's the son of God. They believe he was Michael the Archangel, yeah. a created <laughs> being. Uh, it's and and you know you have to understand that that our personalities. The devil is is keen. He's very wise. He understands, I believe, personalities. He understands how humans operate, how they how where 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 we as humans lean to, and why why are they so loyal? Why are they so committed? Why do they work so hard? Because they have been taught that if they don't work hard, they will not go. They will have no eternity. They will have no future. Uh, that, that this is the, one of the greatest works-based, man-made, false religion that exists on the planet today. And they only get their information from the Watchtower Society. They only they're, they're told and taught very strongly not to receive anyone else. We're all liars. We can't say anything good. We don't believe in the real Jesus. So uh, they don't get the kind of encouragement that you get and say, no, study for yourself. That's what the Bible says. The Bible yeah. says to test all things. Well, they don't get that. They, they, what they get is a steady stream of false teaching uh, that specifically uh, they, they've changed their Bible. Uh, they have changed their doctrine. Uh, and they are committed to the Watchtower Society in a works-based relationship so that if they don't deliver the works, this is what they're taught, they, they will not have any kind of eternal future. Uh, they will just cease to exist. And, you know, of course, they don't want that. There's a, there's a peace in all of us, the Bible says, that eternity is in our hearts. And there is a God has made us to worship. And many liars, thieves, and false teachers have come to take advantage of that created part of us that God has made us to worship him and offered a fake God. And unfortunately, people have fallen for the lie and they just won't listen. You can open up their Bible and show them in their own messed up Bible the truths that, um, even as, even though it's been mistranslated, many places they kept the same translation and you can show that to them and because you're the one showing it to them, they'll never believe you. I mean, it really requires the Holy Spirit to grab a heart of their heart, a hold of their heart, but he can. So let me end on a high note. There's a great book. If, if you do run into Jehovah Witnesses in the future, there's a great, great book. It's called Reasoning from the Scriptures with Jehovah Witnesses. Reasoning from the Scriptures. And that's actually a play on words because the book that they spend more attention to than the Bible is a book that the Watchtower Society put out called Reasoning from the Scriptures. And it basically highlights an answer to every objection uh, that they ever that anyone would ever come up to their false teaching and so this brother ron rhodes put together a book using the same kind of phraseology but but his is very loving and caring and it gives you very solid ways to ask open-ended questions that will give the holy spirit an opportunity because very, I've I've been doing I've been ministering for a long time. I've been interacting with many Jehovah Witnesses. I have personally never led a Jehovah Witness to the Lord yet. I, I want to before I die, but I haven't yet. However, I realize that 
I can leave them with a truth bomb in their hearts that might explode a couple days later and get them thinking and second guessing because some of their th- some of their theology just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know, exactly. Like being baptized, like she told me, the only way I'll ever have eternal life or be saved, basically, is to be re-baptized in her church. But I'm like, well, how often do you guys have baptism? She's all three times a year. And I'm like, okay, so if I, if I was to tell you I'm going to commit, I want to be a Jehovah's Witness, and I get in a car wreck tonight, you mean to tell me I'm going to hell? Well, there could be, and I mean, it's kind of wishy-washy. It's Yeah, it's weird. Well, and I think that one of the ways that you can work with uh, someone like that, because if, if you take them head on, they've been trained to deal with the head on this. Like they've been trained. This is all that they do. You, we come together for worship and fellowship. They get trained how to answer objections because their main philosophy of growing the organization is going door to door. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but knowing that then we, we don't take a frontal approach. We, we go around and, and real, the big question for a Jehovah Witness, and maybe you're a Jehovah Witness listening in right now, and I want to put a truth bomb in your heart right now. The real question is, how is a person saved? Because the answer to that question will determine your eternal destiny. And if you conclude uh, a person is saved by anything other than the perfect finished work of God in human flesh, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose again the third day, you are you you will not enter into eternity you will spend eternity apart from god and that's the key and they will not answer that because even if you mention the cross they'll start another argument well you know jesus wasn't on a cross uh, and then they got a whole argument for that and they got yeah. a whole argument and and they're trained not to they're trained to listen for something that they can argue with you about they're not trained and that's why being patient and careful and and time, you know, just taking your time with someone is super important because if you get in an argument with them, they go home and go, "Ha ha, I did it again." Where we please Jehovah. Oh, okay. Well, cool. I'll grab that book because that should be helpful. Yes, <laughs> it will be very much <laughs> well, so. Thank you so very much. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Got a couple open lines. So I'd love to have you. Join me on the air, 303-690-3000. Pastor Ed, I'd like to say thank you. Listen daily all day. I'm a truck driver, uh, and lately the Lord's been putting on my heart to tithe more and to really push myself to be more involved. I want to be used. Every other Saturday morning, I host a small men's Bible study, gives messages. I just want prayer for wisdom and for God to strengthen me and to do His will and not mine. I would love to pray for you. I'll do that right now. Father, I pray for this brother who is ministering to men and just desires to be more generous uh, as he uh, wants to be more faithful with what you've entrusted to him. So I pray you'd bless him in that. He also desires to be more involved. And I I, I pray specifically that you would uh, cause him to be more involved in the depth of people's lives. And you would give him a pastor and a shepherd's heart that he might care for you and for the people that you place in his life. And so I just pray for him. Thank you, God, for that heart to to be generous, to be more involved, to be more connected, to be more usable and available to you, Lord. Bless that prayer, because I believe it's your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, here's another question on the text line. Give me a call while we're waiting, 303-690-3000. Can you explain why Jesus rebuked Satan when he was speaking to Peter, 
Can you explain why Jesus rebuked Satan when he was speaking to Peter? That is a great question. I'm pulling it up right now uh, so I can uh, read the text. So uh, let me see here. In Matthew chapter 16 is where we have this. Peter, it says in verse 22, took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. This is a very interesting situation with Peter standing there and suggesting that Jesus not go to the cross. Peter, a human being, a man loyal and loving Jesus, says something that is completely against the purposes and will of God through Christ Jesus. I mean, couldn't be more against. And that is, no way, Jesus, you're not going to the cross. And he didn't mean it salvifically, uh, theologically. This was his best friend, and he couldn't fathom in his mind Jesus going to the cross and dying. So he said, no way, it's not going to happen. And Jesus whips around and speaking to Peter says these words, get behind me, Satan. Why? Not because Peter was filled with the devil, but because his words reflected the will of the devil. What he said was so demonic. It wasn't I don't believe the Bible never indicates that Peter had any demonic motives. It was just his words. They were so against the will of God that this needed to be rebuked, and it needed to be rebuked strongly. It was offensive. Uh, The devil is not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. And you can imagine it was also for Peter. I would have, I mean, how would you be if you were Peter? I think I'd trip out if the devil rebuke or if god rebuked that and call me the devil like i'm hey wait a minute i'm peter no you don't understand peter right now with that thought right now with what you said you are in you you are closer to the devil than you are me and that's possible for believers today you know that i mean some really nasty bad things come out of 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 believers mouths a lot of bad things get posted on social media from believers or even you know, sometimes what what comes out just reveals they're not saved at all. Um, but certainly this is an example of a man wholly dedicated to Jesus and saying something really dumb that aligns with uh, the devil. And that's why. I hope that helps. 303-690-3000. Amber in line one. She's in Denver. Welcome to the program, Amber. Hi, thank you. Um, You're welcome. So this question's kind of... Uh, hard to to lay out in words, I guess. So bear with me. Okay. But, okay. Um, so if God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, um, <clears throat> obviously there are three different. Um, I don't know if entities is the word persons. I want to use. But um, persons is a good way. But but all in one. Um. So I was reading my Bible the other night, and I and yes. I'm in the car right now, so I can't really. Um, like get on my phone app and look, but um, okay. I don't remember what I was reading. But um, somebody um, asked Jesus a question, and I think it was when um, he would return. And 
Um, he said that he didn't know, um, nobody knows, not even the angels, um, only God knows. And Correct. so my, my question is, is if he is God in flesh, how does he not know? And um, if they're all in one. And um, my second question is, is when he prays to the Father, is he praying yes. to himself? That, those are great questions. You know, the doctrine of the Trinity um, kind of lines up with the previous caller in relation to the, the uh, false teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses that deny that the Trinity exists. And one of the reasons why that they deny it is that it's not understandable or completely explainable. You know, when, when we come up, when anyone comes up with a doctrine, it has to come from the Bible. And the doctrine of the Trinity of having three persons in the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're co-equal and co-eternal, and yet they're distinct and individual. It's very hard for our minds to to grasp. We try to use these little illustrations, right? Like an egg. Right. An egg has a shell, has a yolk, and it's it's such a limited illustration. However, we do see a distinction of three in one, and we see that all throughout creation. So the the message the passage that you're referring to is but of that day and hour no one knows not even the angels of heaven but my father only that's perhaps that's the one you were referring to and we need to remember yeah. that when Jesus came to earth he came as God in human flesh his primary re- relatable when Jesus died he died as a human and yet that human was also fully God he's the only one that ever walked a planet with two natures. You and I don't have two natures. We have one. Uh, we're just humans. Where there's no divinity in us. There's no deity in us. We're not God. We're just humans. But Jesus Christ was a unique um, a person because he was both 100% God and 100% man. And in his interactions with us, you remember we, we're given a little insight of what this is uh, or how this happened over in Philippians where it talks about Jesus coming to the earth and leave and leaving his divine setting aside his divine prerogatives so that he can live with us uh, as a human you know the, a lot of times we people will look to Jesus and go I can never be like Jesus because he was God and and only God can do that but, but really Jesus laid aside his divine prerogative to come and take on the form of a human being and so when he answers, he's answering as a human being. He's look, he's answering in a relatable way, uh, in terms of the Father knowing. Uh, the reality is the Son knows and the Holy Spirit knows as well. But that is in a different context because Jesus right now is on Earth in the form of a human, and because of that, he's relating us to uh, humanity. And you see this off and on. There are times when Jesus will respond with deity. And there's times that Jesus will respond in his humanity. And this is one of those responses of his humanity. Uh, and really focusing on, really, the, the essence of his answer isn't who knows when he's returning, truly. Uh, the essence of his answer is, hey, don't worry about those things. Um, your, your, your mind is on the wrong things. Don't worry. You're not going to know. You're not going to spend your life trying to figure it out. You're not going to know. That really was the essence of his answer. And what was your second question? Um, so well, I have a question about that, and then I'll tell you my second question, if, if you don't mind. Um, so are you 
like suggesting that he did know, but he's also saying don't worry about that um, because in all actuality, like the only thing that matters is God knows when he's coming. Yeah. Yeah, the primary answer is that okay. he he did know. The primary answer is exactly how you said it. And then that application of his discipleship, because that's a discipleship answer, is, hey, the reality, the emphasis in that text is not who knows when he's coming, but the essence of that text is, hey, you know the signs, you see the signs, keep your eye, just keep waiting. Um, they were so set on wanting to know and he was leading him away from that that answer. But the essence of your theological okay. question that surrounding the Trinity is just that. He answered as in his humanity, uh, and in his humanity, he lived in the limitations of a human body, um, just like you and I live in the human ta- limitations of a human body. The problem with us is that he also had a, a divine nature in that human body, and he willingly submitted himself to the limitations. I mean, imagine, let's go back um, uh, go back before this and understand the limitations. God in human flesh was restricted in the womb of a teenager. Right. And yet, right. if he wanted to, he could have broke out of that womb anytime he wanted to. Right. He didn't lose his divinity. He didn't stop being God when he became human. But we know he had the power. He even, remember, he had the power to call legions of heavens of angels down to destroy those that were arresting him, but he willingly set it aside for the sake of redemption for you and me. Okay. And then my second question is, so when he's praying, um, is he praying to himself? Like when he's praying to, to God, is he praying to himself then? That's right. No, he's not, because there are distinct individual persons they have their own identity within the Godhead, and yet because they're all deity, they share together, they become one, like they are one. So when he prays to the Father, again, remember, he's giving us that example of a human in prayer. You know, a lot of times people will refer to the uh, the prayer in early part of Matthew, uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, is the Lord's prayer, but that's actually not the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is in John 17 when he's addressing the father as an example and he's dialoguing there was there was a there is always an eternal dialogue between the persons of the godhead um that they are able to communicate with one another but again jesus was in a human flesh so in his communication he was speaking to the father very much like the father spoke to him remember when he was being baptized Right. When he was okay. being baptized, we, we have the greatest picture of the Trinity there because you've got the Father in heaven, you have the Son in the water, and the Holy Spirit's coming down upon him. They're all distinct, and yet they are all, uh, they're all distinct, but yet they're all one. And the Father speaking from heaven over his Son, saying, here's my Son, you know, listen to him. He's my beloved Son. So you have the distinction where they are communicating with one another. And I think one of the cool things you know how this divine um how this happens in the godhead is is a mystery right we're not there um but i think of i think of how it was uh in genesis 1:1 when it says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters and god said let there be light and then later on when he's making man he says let us make them I'm like, wow, 
who's he talking to? And so there is a communication uh, in the Godhead between the individual persons, and yet they are are still one. It's uh, that's the piece of that doctrine, or the piece of the mysteriousness of God that just baffles our minds. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I will um, ponder that. I mean, I I totally get what you're saying. It's just hard to understand. You know, it's, it's hard for my mind to wrap around that. Um, but I know there's a lot of things going on that, you know, I don't understand with God. Um, but he's, he's the greatest. So I just trust yes. what he says, you know? Well, thank you very much. We, you hear the music. All right, we'll be right back. Quick break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church, where Calvary Live originates, Grace FM Radio Network originates here. I know many of you are listening on Truth FM, as well as Hope FM, uh, in many different places around the country. We're grateful that you've joined us. Uh, Remember, uh, this is a live program, so when you call the number, you will talk to a pastor in studio taking your call, answering your call over the air. It will be broadcast live on Grace FM. And then on Hope FM, Truth FM, and other networks, you're going to hear it one week later. Uh, And so it is a live program, but in some cases it's broadcast a week later on other stations. And so just call in. It doesn't matter where you're at, because if you hear us on the air and you call in and we answer, then you know you're, you're going to get to hear your answer just talking on the phone. And then you can tune in next week on your local radio station and hear yourself on the air. Pretty cool. 303-690-3000. Line three is Dan in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, Ed? So Good, how are my you? Question, I'm doing good. Um, so my question is, when Jesus existed before he came to earth in the flesh, I'm assuming he was like the Father and the Holy Spirit, how he was the Spirit being, and he could be in all places at all times. Yes. But then once he came to earth in the flesh, he set aside his godly attributes, and he was only confined to that one location where that one body was. Yes. And then well, I, when I would, he, I, I would died, change the word. I, I would change the word before we move on, just for clarity. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say... He dis- he set aside his divine attributes. I would say that he t- set aside his divine prerogatives. Okay. Because it sounds like by saying attributes, it almost makes it sound like uh, that he he lost his divinity. He did not lose his divinity. Um, he gained a human body. But did he? But he still lost the ability to be in all places at all times, right? So yes now he's and no. Confined to one spot. In his bo- in his human body is, but he doesn't lose knowledge. Like he's not, he doesn't lose the ability to be God. He chooses voluntarily to live as a man, as God. Okay. And so he now he's now restricted by his human body. Yes, 
Um, but at any time, he can he can exercise his divine prerogatives. He could have. The devil knew that when he started to tempt him. Remember, the devil knew so, he was God, uh, and at any now, time he could have exercised his divine prerogatives in in order to do whatever he wanted to do. But he was submitted to the Father, so he was limited to what the Father's will was for his life. Okay, so now when he died on the cross, and then he comes back with a new glorified body, which is like a spirit body, but it still has a physical side to it, because you could still touch it. So now is is he confined to that body for eternity? I, I, I don't like the word confined, but I do understand what you're saying. Yes, he is eternally in that glorified body. We know that because of that is the first fruits of the resurrection. Like So Jesus Christ in his glorified body is the first fruits of what will happen to you and me in our glorified bodies. So I don't know that confined because I think that it's a different existence with a new glorified body that's not made for earth. Like our physical bodies have majorly physical limitations because they were made for one purpose on earth. When our glorified bodies have a whole new purpose and Jesus will continue to live for all of eternity in his glorified body. And and even so he gave striking up his to first us form for us. He did. He gave up his first position, I guess you could say for us. I, we have to be careful with words here because we could really mess it up here without, um, as, a, so I'm, as I'm grasping for words, I don't want to uh, imply that his deity is ended or so he actually takes on a new form for eternity uh, in his glorified body. And I wonder, you know, I wonder, because the Bible doesn't really say, although um, it does imply some things, that the glorified body is going to be an extremely freeing existence for you and me um, and probably not so limited for the Son of God. Okay. That's why confinement seems a little... I I get what you're saying. It's a a great word because I know the definition, but confinement, I just... I I don't see it as a negative, like he's imprisoned in a... um, Because, again, confinement gives me that, you know, people in jail. It doesn't give me the picture. His eternal state doesn't speak to me of confinement as much as it does absolute freedom and his continual association with us uh, as the Son of God. Okay. That's a great question. I'm glad to... I'm glad we're talking. This is really good, the way the show's going today, but that's a great question. Well, thank you so much. Thanks thank for you. all you do. Bye-bye. Right, all right, bye. bye-bye. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I really do want to be careful with words, um, and this is such a heady topic that we could, me- I could, not we necessarily, I could really mess it up if I use the wrong word. Uh, so please forgive me if I do. Um, just so we can be clear, I fully believe in the divinity, the eternal divinity of the Son. Uh, but to think that uh, being limited, maybe a word, by a, by a glorified human body is certainly a, uh, done by the Son willingly. And that started, you know, this was from, the be- founda- from before the foundation. This is the eternal plan of God. Um, but I, I do, I've never thought of it as confining in his glorified body. Hmm. 303-690-3000. Uh, let's see here. 
Kelly in Parker, Colorado. Kelly, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, so I've got two prayer requests. Um, okay. The, uh, first, I want to uh, thank you for sponsoring um, my home <laughs> church in Glenwood Springs, Pastor wow. Jeff Dickinson. Yes, uh, yes. It's been a true godsend um, in my life and in my family's life. Um, and so that's my first prayer is, is for for that church and for yes. Jeff and his family. Pastor um, Jeff is a good man. He is. Um, my second prayer request is, is for my marriage, for my family. Um, my wife and I are separated. Um, she and the kids are still up in Glenwood, and I'm living down here in Parker, working. Um, and I'm still, you know, praying for for God to bring us back together. Um, without going into details, um, that's just something that uh, is really on my heart for not just my marriage, but for my children. Um, yes. Three of the, of our four children, um, have given their lives to Christ, um, because of our home church and, uh, just the, um, just the amount of, uh, I guess, clarity and knowledge that I've gained, um, because I was I was raised as a, a Catholic growing up, and I remember giving my life to Christ, you know, as a child, but I've always struggled with, I guess, getting clarity and knowledge until I started going to um, Calvary Chapel in Glenwood Springs, and then it just exploded. Um, so, but my heart well, always... Me... Go ahead. I'd love to pray for you. Thank you. Father, we are grateful for Pastor Jeff and his wife and family who came to Colorado, man, at least 10 plus years ago, to really establish a beachhead in that area on the western slope and um and it and lord i just pray for him today i pray you'd strengthen him and encourage him in the battle that he is in and the things that he's facing and i pray for kelly god as he has his own battle in his marriage with his kids and his wife and and i pray for a true miracle i pray for a true reconciliation i pray for a true uh work of your holy spirit in his life god that it, it would be astounding, and it would be remarkable. And I also uh, join in thanking you, God, for giving him the kind of maturity and strength that you have in these last few years. And that, that just the sense of your, um, your love and care and concern for him and giving him that needed understanding of your word that brings great uh, clarity to things. And he still has a lot to learn, Lord. So continue to be faithful in his life as he grows in his knowledge of you and he grows in his love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Thank you. Okay, stay in touch with us. Definitely. Okay, bye-bye. 303-690-3000, going cross-country to Maryland. Lisa on line three, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Um, okay. I I heard, I know it's a week later, it's a little confusing yes. for me. Okay, um, that's okay. I heard a caller today, and they were in the same situation I am. I, I, I Many years ago, I left a church that I was in, a Bible group, where they kept the old feast days and the Sabbath, and they were very vehement about it. And um, I have just, it, it's 18 years late, it's crazy, um, I'm not going to go into detail, but I've just begun to walk through that door where I'm praying in the name of Jesus, and I've got fear. I know it sounds so crazy, but when people get hung up in certain groups that they teach certain things, and yes. then they become afraid, and they say, well, I'm not going to be saved unless I use a, a particular name or if I keep a feast day. And I would just like you to pray for me that I can, um, it, it's, it's, I feel so stupid really about it, but I just want you to pray for me that I can continue to pray in the name of Jesus, because I know that Jesus is our Savior, and, and that's the Savior that God had for us, and it's okay. And um, if you could just say a prayer that I would continue. I just, just started using that name. It, it, it's crazy, but if you could just say a prayer for me. I, I will, and I want to. I also want to speak to the the feelings that you're having. They're very normal. Um, on today's program, uh, we had some calls about a non Christian cult that uses uh, works and guilt to control, and it's just a part of our nature. And we get even if a group doesn't try to do that, if we're not worshiping the true Jesus, then we're going to be in a position. Um, similar to you, when we're when we finally know the truth, then we feel bad in a variety. Some people feel bad. I, I met I met a sister recently. She felt bad that she spent so many years in that group and feels like she wasted it. And then I I meet yeah. another person that that's feeling bad that says, "Oh, now I don't even know what to do, and I feel bad. I feel like I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving, you know, like even with those that are in Roman Catholicism, when they come to a born again experience." There are many families, especially when we're living in Southern California, where the family would say, um, you're dead to me because you have left yeah. the church. Uh, yeah. And instead of like, no, no, look look what the Bible says. The Bible has so much freedom and what you've been taught is not true. And, and so I just want you to know that those feelings are normal and they'll probably be with you for a long time. So don't think, oh man, I should be farther along. It's it's the sincerity of your faith. That's kind of what ticks me off when sincere people like you. Walking through it, you know, I do feel like it's been a waste. I do feel that way. And and those are normal feelings, and that's that's what that's one of the things that ticks me off. Like people that love God and are very sincere are taken advantage of and taught wrong. And this is everybody listening. Just understand the seriousness of it. How what it does to people's psyche and what it does to their soul. And how traumatic it can be. But the good news is, and I'm going to end on a good note, is that the Holy Spirit is with you. And he loves you. And he's going to heal your heart. He's going to help your mind think differently. And you're going to look back and you're going to go, man, look how far God has brought me. I'm so grateful. And all the years you have left are going to be used for his glory. And 
Every time you every time you pray in Jesus' name, just say a little thank you afterwards because every time you do it, you're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that great? Yes. It is. It is. Nobody can say Jesus is Lord, the Bible says, except by the Spirit. And so you're not just forcing yourself to do it. You're cooperating with the Spirit of God that lives in you because the Spirit of God testifies that Jesus is Lord, and now you're agreeing with that testimony. Thank you. Thank you. So, Father, I, pr- I pray for my sister. I know it's been a challenge, and she has a lot of feelings and emotions and regrets and things like that. I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that you would encourage her and strengthen her and fill her afresh with a new anointing of your Spirit, a new uh, outpouring of all that you want to accomplish in her life, and that that this this season would be shorter than she expects. That it won't be as long. And the, every time she prays in your name, Jesus, every time she remembers who she's talking to, every time she remembers the authority by which her prayers are heard and answered, that God, she would be encouraged and not discouraged, um, looking backwards but rather looking forward, knowing that you uh, are with her and that you are walking alongside of her, strengthening her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Oh, so good. Thanks for calling. Stay in touch with us. Okay. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. And I just say for everyone listening, before I get to the next call, this is how important sound doctrine really is. It's not to identify as we are true and we're the only true ones. It's not to make a point, we are the only ones that teach the Bible. No, 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 no. We're dealing with people, people's lives, more so their souls. And it's very important, it's vitally important that we take good care of the people entrusted to our care, period. And that means teaching truth is vital and man it just breaks my heart all right back to colorado now thornton doug is on the line doug welcome to the program oh hi um hey uh, this is my first time i just uh heard you on on this show so um uh there was a comment about uh, the trinity and and <clears throat> I don't know, um, people don't talk about it much, but um, when I used to be at the university in biology and chemistry, all that, and this was after I got saved, um, one of the things I learned about in chemistry was the triple point of an element. And and what came to my mind was the triple point of water, and the triple point is um, the temperature and pressure at which... um, an element or molecule can exist in the three different states of gas, solid, and liquid. And so um, that, to me, you know, it says that uh, the things that can be known about God are are made evident in his creation. And and so to me, that was just a simple uh, scientific evidence of, you know, even if people have problems with believing in God, at least here's something that's, that's evident that's uh, uh, so tangible good. I to agree. prove that, hey, this is possible, okay? 
and um, and so uh, there are three different states, and yet they're all water, but they're three different distinct states, and they each have their own properties. And so the same with the Godhead, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So and then, good. Uh, That's an example I use often. Uh, question, or my question was, uh, when you're talking about um, giving up his prerogatives versus, um, I was having a hard time understanding that because, and it's been, I admit it's been a few years since I, I looked up the Greek on the, on the verse there, but when it said that he emptied himself uh, completely, the idea was uh, he, he started at ground zero. He gave up everything and, and started out as a baby. It says he grew in stature and favor with God and man. And so he was learning this stuff. It wasn't just instantly in him. He had to go through the process as a servant, like we are, and, and learn human, this stuff. Correct. Because he was faithful and obedient, he learned, and then, of course, he learned who he was. And like you said, at some point, he, he could have called down the angels and that. But um, in the meantime, um, he was growing in that knowledge. And so, yeah, I don't uh, believe I I don't that believe came, that I'm with you so far, but I don't believe he learned who he was. I believe he knew who he was at the moment of cognition. Uh, so I don't think that's one of the things they learned. Here's the actual text: Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. That's the phrase, taking the form of a bondservant. Coming in the likeness of men, he was found being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. And that that's really that it's known as the kenosis uh, passage, the emptying passage. And the big debate and what you may have come in on later was a distinction between the word attribute and prerogative or privilege, uh, because I think. To say that he emptied himself of his attributes would diminish his divinity, and I don't believe in any way did he diminish his divinity uh, in the incarnation. So thanks for calling, Doug. Appreciate it, man. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm so glad that Doug brought up the um, the H2O. Um, that's also a illustration I like to use uh, to describe the Trinity. I mean, it's it's a li- it's obviously limited uh, in its scope to describe the the uh, unlimited God, but it's a great one. And uh, I should have wrote down what he said. The triple point is, I think that's what he said. Uh, I never heard it called the triple point, but the idea that you have H2O in liquid form, and actually you can have the same substance, uh, you know, the same, if you put, you can do this in a pressurized environment where you, you put, you know, four ounces of, of H2O in a pressurized environment, and you can have it be solid, liquid, and gas all at the same time of the same substance, the same H2O, not not a beaker here, beaker there, beaker there, but all in one beaker at one time, which is amazing, unbelievable, um, so good. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 uh, is the number where, um, well, we still got a couple of lines here. Um, is is he still okay? All open lines. So, um, so for the person that asked, wants to know if Chantex is okay for Christians to take, uh, it's to stop smoking. But he said it may have some mind altering effects. 
I, I don't know what Shantix is. I mean, I know what it is in terms of what it's used for, but I, I don't know the chemical properties or what it does to your mind. But but here's the limitation that the Bible puts. The, the limitation that the Bible puts on us is that we not be drunk with. And the idea of drunk is not just, you know, we associate that with alcohol <clears throat> and you can understand when you're drunk with alcohol or you're drunk with uh, smoking pot, you're under the influence of a true minority drug. You're under its influence, and it has the ability to control you. Um, I'm not sure what Chantix does exactly, um, but if you're uncomfortable taking a medication for quitting smoking, there are a lot of other alternatives. Um, so quitting smoking is a good idea. I quit smoking... 20, well, what are we talking here? It's been longer than that, 30. Oh my gosh, we're, we're, we're this year. We're coming up like in in a few days. I'll be saved for 30 years. Wow. So 30 years ago, I quit smoking and I got this little pamphlet from the American Heart Association and they gave you these suggestions for 30 days. Uh, and once you get through the first couple days, uh, because your body's just screaming for the nicotine. But once you get through the first 30 days, then it becomes a matter of discipline. Uh, it be matter becomes a matter of dedication. Of course, as a believer, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. You just got to get through the first few days, and then you can create new habits. You know, when you're smoking the most, around maybe after a meal, or when you're drinking coffee, or when you're stressed. And you can learn the Holy Spirit living within you to depend upon Him. Uh, so I would say you don't have to take Chantix. Um, there are there are many other ways to do it, um, but you definitely want to draw the line with medications that will uh, bring you under their power. And I don't think Chantex does that because I think you can drive and take it. I don't think you know you can operate heavy machinery. That's usually the language that gets used when they um, when they prescribe drugs in our culture. You know, if you can't operate heavy equipment you can't you know so you want to be careful because the effects of that drug can really bring you under its power good question all right we'll try to end real quick here with uh one last question scott's in aurora colorado scott i got like one minute maybe a minute and a half how can i help you oh okay um yeah pastor ed i was just curious that i personally believe i was saved and i was by myself and i okay. thought it said in the bible that you know you had to be um confess Jesus as your Savior in public. Now, is that is that how you have to be saved? Because I know that you guys, I would assume people get saved over the radio all the time and they're by themselves, the whether they're you know, driving a truck or something like that. Yeah, the idea behind, so the answer is no. You don't have to be in a large group in order to be born again. Uh, you can be born again alone by yourself in a hospital room in a, uh, you know, wherever you might be, a tr truck driving across country. Um, but the idea behind confess with your mouth, you know, the process of praying to God, and also Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. The idea behind the confess before men is not not that you're, you have to be saved before men, but that you're not ashamed of him, and that you're telling people about your new experience and your new life, and you're sharing the gospel with others. And, and so, no, you do not have to be in a group uh, to be saved. You can be saved alone. The Holy Spirit can do it like you said, over the radio, or you can be saved um, by a person sharing with you one-on-one, -on -one, or you can be saved with a room full of thousands of people. Um, 
but doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where or how or where uh, God still saves people one at a time. Excellent. Okay. Well, that answered it. Well, thank you. Okay, Scott. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We're coming up to the end of the program today. Thanks for tuning in. I want to invite everyone here in the Denver metro area. Come to our church, calvaryco.church. We're in Aurora, southeast Aurora, Hampton and Tower, basically right next to the Safeway, Hampton and Tower Road. We are in person. Uh, We're meeting together. We have distancing and face coverings. We have uh, space in the building. We have children's ministry. We all you need to do is RSVP right now. That's where we're at still. Um, so you can go to our website, calvaryco.church, RSVP there. Very easy process. And the team has been doing it so long that they have made it so much more easier. Uh, I know that here uh, in, uh, we're, we're just praying and praying about what church looks like in the coming weeks and months. So pray for us. If your church isn't open, I pray that it will reopen because uh, we're doing all kinds of things, extra cleaning, um, face coverings, distancing, um, but we've got to be together. It's, it is it is necessary. If We can go to Costco, we can go to Safeway, we can go to church, and we will be there in person. We're also online, because I realize there are many that um, are immunodeficient and, and COVID could do a, a damage, damage to you. Great, we're online. We'll always be online. We're also live on Grace FM. Every service, we are now live on Grace FM. We'd love to serve you. We love you guys and appreciate you. Go to calvaryco.church for more info. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.